It is Wednesday, the 18th of December 2019, and this is episode 366 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode. I am Chris, and Ian is with me as ever. Evening, Chris. It's that time of year when one of us is going to be afflicted with a cold or cough. I am the snotty one, and also the coffee one. So we'll see whether we can edit all of that out, shall we? Um, but yes, I'll, it's that time I'll, of year. Pr- probably going to be our last one of the year. I like the we in the edit, but, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, this is the uh, <laughs> this this is the last of the year. So. Um, this will get you filled for the rest of this year, and then hopefully we'll be uh, well again by the new year. Uh, just to talk about CES and all the crap that comes out there. Yeah, so if you're new to our podcast, that's kind of the time of year where we have our first one after after the arena. So there's a there's a few weeks where we're, we're well, I say a few weeks where we're not going to be actually doing podcasts, but we've been quite good at not doing podcasts for a few weeks recently. Anyway, but that's another matter. So I think Jan will be back. Yeah, definitely. All right. So let's get on with the final bit of news for the year then. Uh, I, I think we always caveat that if there is something really important that comes up, we might well do a podcast, but but to be honest, nothing's ever come up but that important. No, I'm, well, <laughs> we've done that before when it's like we've done one on the 8th of December and we're both secretly wishing that's us done. <laughs> and then no, like, something else has happened. You know, like, like Microsoft do something with like Xboxes or something happens. And you're like, oh. But that's... we've waited long enough this time that an <laughs> Xbox has already been announced. <laughs> we'll come on to that a little bit later. So let's talk about Twitter. Um, so they came out with a policy and they said they're basically going to shut down any inactive accounts. that hadn't, So basically accounts that hadn't tweeted for like at least six months. Uh, caused a bit of consternation from people who said, well, that's going to delete my relative's account and they've been dead for a while. I would rather you didn't do that. Uh, in fact, someone pointed out that was going to be a side effect. And it kind of turns out that Twitter hadn't really considered or thought about that. So they have come out and said, OK, yeah, we hadn't thought about that. We will um, allow you to memorialize accounts, uh, which should effectively mean that they are left intact um, and aren't subject to this uh, culling. Uh, and, and it's good for both accounts. So it's Culling seen... was the wrong word to use. Uh, yeah, but... but... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. To be honest, you need a good call ever so. Um, <laughs> but this is good because I mean the amount of times I've seen people either saying, you know, I've had to, you know, I'm using some bad name from a Twitter account because the name of my company or name of my podcast or yeah, name that yeah. I wanted, somebody's grabbed years ago and never used. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and ultimately you might get some people coming out and just tweeting once just to make sure their account becomes active, but at least it shows they still have access to that account. Uh, I I reason, you know, I reason that the one major factor in why Twitter hasn't done this to date is because it's going to really upset their figures (laughs) because there's going to be an inordinate number. But as they said, they want to get to the point where actually the accounts are relevant. Um, So clearing out some of this... um, fudge i guess if they they've also probably warned their investors that look, you're going to see figures drop but actually it's going to be realistic rather than um fake news and i think they are in a different place around about you know they are absolutely closing down all the kind of you know daft accounts that they've got and um, they're making money you know compared to two three years ago where this would have probably been a you know a real you know a, a real investor slash shareholder worry it's actually a good thing to do yes i think you know and Twitter is almost finding its place now. It is a instant news network rather than anything else. Um, 
I think they've moved away from that sort of platform and innovation, you know, user-based innovation. They've gone away from that a long time ago. But it seems to be news uh, and current affairs is, is, is where their, their kind of heartland is right now. And, and, and to have a, you know, they've, they've really reacted quickly to this and says, you know what, you're right, give us some more time. We'll allow people to memorialize accounts. Uh, and, and it's, and again, it's a good thing to do because for some people it's, um, you know, it's almost like the last, you know, 10, 11 years of their life, you know, captured. It's a bit like deleting that voicemail message that someone's been keeping yeah, forever because absolutely. it's, you know, their voice and, you know, but this is their online sort of fingerprint. Yeah. Um, Facebook have come out and said, you're, well, they're going to build a tool or they have built a tool that's available in Ireland. Currently, they're going to roll out worldwide shortly that allows you to move all your photos, photos, photos off of the platform um, and into, at the moment, Google, but they will allow you to move it to other places uh, in the in the future. Um, so this is kind of a whole of that policy of Facebook trying to prove that we're not locking users in, so you can extract all your data and you can have that elsewhere. So you don't, you're not tied to Facebook with your photos. Um, uh, my my initial reaction, I guess, as is lots of people, is photos aren't really the thing holding people to Facebook. But I do appreciate that now I can get them out. Absolutely, um, it, it was surprising news. As, as you say, it's only in Ireland, so it's a, a, a toe in the water. And it's battered. I'm trying to find the they're, they're, put, they're participating in some. There we go. So the data transfer project. So this was Apple, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and Twitter, um, who had last year had, had kind of joined this this project. And this is a starting to see, you know, especially for Facebook because usually there's such a walled garden mm. around. You know, yeah, we've seen migration from other services like Google does allow you to download and export. Yeah. Um, Facebook was the last one that didn't have sort of any particular features. You could see your own set of data, but there was no way of transferring it elsewhere. Um, but I just it feels a bit hollow in that it's not really that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, focus on what does Facebook control and really what they control is is friendship data and that linkage is there. Um, the fact that they're a single source of places where, you know, you people sort of send to post and also the fact that once you've uploaded that photo it's actually the metadata that's really interesting to facebook and they haven't said that that's you're able to control that in any way or move it around it's it, once that data is inside of facebook is inside of the facebook moving the photo away again i guess is of, of little issue to facebook uh, yeah and it, i mean I'm, and i'm sure they've still got all the metadata and profile information they'd want yeah, exactly. from that photo so it's yeah. uh once they've got the data, once you've uploaded that photo, they've got it. They, it's not really, they don't care about the photo anymore. <laughs> they've got the fact you uploaded it, it, had a baby in it, and you were saying congratulations or whatever. So you know, And they've got the date and time, and they can probably yeah. work out it when it was conceived, and all that kind of good stuff. And also, it, it's actually just because you can transport the data, it's not saying that it's going to delete it from Facebook. Actually, the only way of doing that still is to close your account. There's not a distinct function to transport and remove those photos from Facebook. It's just about getting your data out. God, it's a scary thought just thinking about when you said baby. So the folk like Facebook and Google will be working out, you know, yes, conceive night was that one. You know, that was that date yeah, night yeah. that they were on and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah there's also and, and also as much as it sounds like a good thing to be moving this data out, what you're doing actually is transporting this between other social providers. So now Google can get all that data. Have it, so, Google. Go on, have it. Yeah. So actually Facebook are probably really looking forward to the day that, hey, we're going to have transport of data into Facebook. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Apple Pay uh, has sped up payments when you go to uh, an underground station in London. So apparently it was because you have to do some 
two-factor authentication to uh, allow payments to go through. It was taking people who are using iPhones a bit longer to get through the turnstiles and therefore causing traffic jams at sort of high high transport, um, high commuter times. What am I, rush hour? Peak times. (laughs) Peak times or rush hour was exactly what I was looking for then. Uh, But they're going to update this process. Now, you're going to be able to define one payment service as your um, provider that allows you to do these quicker payments through uh, underground stations but it does involve a bit of setup so apparently there's, there's a little bit of communication that needs to happen but hopefully it will reduce pressure on those turnstiles at peak times and android pr will download this you know so it's something and, and it's just and it, all, all, all they're doing away is if you use touch id or face id to authenticate they switch that off for, for this um for this transmit just for the underground yeah and and, and it, it makes absolute sense because if you the few times, you know, a year that I do go and use Underground, it is like mentally busy all the time. You know, I know there's periods during the day where it's fine, but it peaked, you know, morning and night. I was surprised just how many people are using their phones to do it. Um, uh, I mean, I use my credit card and it just, you know, it yep. just do the contactless stuff on it. Um, but even in restaurants and stuff like that, the number of people now who just pay with contactless on their their mobile it's it's yeah i was quite surprised how many people do that rather than do it on the credit card i just shows i'm behind the times i don't do anything like that on my phone but i guess if you already get your phone out then why not and the reason i do it on the phone is my credit card keeps breaking so the contactless bit so i don't know if it's the type of wallet i've got but that's me on it my third card in 18 months and the contactless keeps wow. failing yeah. um, so i just so I just your, it's your magnetic personality you. uh yeah tiktok um in a bizarre move, I guess uh, they've they've been suppressing disabled users' videos. So this is uh, it, it sounds you know pretty horrendous on the front. front of it. it was it was done for what could be considered good intentions, which was they wanted to try and reduce cyberbullying on their platform. And one of the things they realised was that um, disabled users and people with um, facial disfigurements were getting quite a lot of cyberbullying comments on their accounts so one of the ways they thought hey we can reduce cyberbullying on our uh, network and, and what we do is we get our um, moderators to prevent those videos from going viral so basically let's let's hide away people with facial disfigurements or disabled users and that will reduce cyberbullying on our account and whilst it did have the effect of doing that it's obviously it's not the right approach to take um, and was very short-sighted. Now, they've come out and said this was only ever intended as a really quick fix initially, and it was never intended to be a long-term policy, and we have changed that policy now. But obviously, as, um, you know, uh, disability um, voice charities and, um, and you know, anti-discrimination charities have got hold of this, they've pointed out strongly that this was really the wrong wrong effect and, and was backward from the start. And I think TikTok have come out and said, yeah, okay, accepted and considering this platform's absolutely exploded over the last 18 months it's, it's a bizarre bizarre step to take that says yeah we've got a lot of bullies we'll hide the videos so the bullies don't bully people yeah but it's uh, not well it's, we're not hiding the videos of bullies or the comments of bullies no. we're hiding the video that sources those uh from the people who are being bullied so it's 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 just total ass about face but um, anyway, it sounds like they've they're now going about the right approach, which is trying to tackle the actual um, abuse. But yeah. the the actual platform is just bizarre, anyway. Yeah, but you, but it does make you wonder, you know, is that is that getting done elsewhere and you don't know about it? You know, is it well, happening? That, in YouTube? It was is only that... an investigation that uncovered Absolutely. this one. Mm. You know, so is it a 
you know, in, in the found, it was elite extracts from the rule book that the moderators have. You know, look look out for disabled people, facial disfigurements, um, people with other facial problems such as a mm. birthmark or a yeah. squint, um, Down syndrome or autism. I guess it just shows how. I mean, ultimately, TikTok's a very, very young focused platform, and there's just shows how. You you know, bullying's never not been a problem. It's always been a problem in schools and stuff. But the fact that we just don't appreciate the social media amplifies that a million percent. Um, and those same same kind of school, you know, playground antics go on. But I mean, it have to be said, adults are no better. In fact, you know, probably worse and more, you know, more violent in their thing. Anyway, no, but you mean, and you and you see that all you need to do is look at the last three and a half years with you know Brexit and politics. Um, any celebs that do anything daft online, you know, Twitter will hammer them. Um, YouTube comments, you know, are, yeah, are, are just... some of the most septic ever. So it's yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it is. It's quite. It's quite. It's the one thing in social media that they've never really got to grips with, and, and hopefully that we'll start seeing because it's becoming more and more prevalent in in our in our social spheres that that, that we'll we'll see some correction to that. Um. We've got um, Sundar Bakai. He's taking over as CEO of Alphabet. He's already CEO of Google, um, and at the same time, Sergey Brin has um, Sergey Brin has stepped aside as as Larry Page. So they're they're no longer kind of in the limelight as far as any of the platforms. They're still going to be on the chair the the chair. Oh, sorry, they're all going to be on the board still, I believe. But say Sundar Bakai is actually taking over both companies they've said because it makes no sense to have multiple CEOs against the two platforms um, but it's kind of it's Alphabet was always put in place to sort of separate out the kind of long long shot weird sky sky thinking plat- products from the actual core platform of what Google was but it seems like they're trying to back away from that a little bit by putting in place the same CEO across those two companies um, and he has been the face of Google. He's been the person who does all the talks and the main uh, sort of Google announcements um, for a while now. Um, but it, it's interesting that they are taking. You know, the original founders are now being disassociating themselves from the public face of of the the platforms that they spawned. Yeah, I just say it feels it's almost like a step back to where it was ten years ago. You know, and I remember when the Alphabet news broke, it was like what. Um, yeah. It was one interesting take, and it all spawned from Sir Elizabeth Warren, who is, you know, a really prominent, you know, senator in America. who's running for, you know, running for, you know, Democratic nominee right now. She tweeted within an hour or two saying, um, "Sorry, guys, you still won't, you know, seemingly what they've done. Somebody's looked at their their career moves, and they reckon it's to avoid any, you know, come, you know, come to the come to one of the, you know, one of these house committees and." You know, be investigated and talked about, and you know, have a you know a bit like Zuckerberg had to do. Um, and she's saying this will not avoid you getting summoned. Yeah. Um, so we'll look forward to seeing you next year. And there is some rumor that this was done in a way to say actually we're not running the company, but they've not given up any you know shareholding, they're not given up any you know board seats. They are still there. So it's, yeah, I wouldn't it's... be surprised if that background is something that yeah is is going through their thought process or certainly maybe they're just I don't can't be bothered with all the hassle of all this new regulation the stuff that's coming in basically to squash what they had a vision for uh, and maybe Sundar said well maybe you just need that I just need to take control of this and run with it yeah 
So we've had Plex uh, announce this uh, well recently that they are going to actually be sending out an ad-supported streaming service. Uh, and what's in, well interesting about this, because other other providers have said this, um, but from a UK point of view, this is actually going to be streaming to over two hundred different countries. So this is kind of one of the first sort of international TV services that we've seen, and this will be bringing content across. Yeah, to uh, says to lots their, their licenses are all for multiple countries so actually it kind of makes it relevant for us which is the first one for a while that has been relevant to us uh, and as i said it's all ad supported so if you have plex as a service you will see this as a tv channel and it will be content that's available to you yeah absolutely so usually we see these stupid announcements it's all america first and then we'll come along and it rarely does come along yeah <laughs> you know and we'll come along a few months later um, and, and so if you're a Plex subscriber, you now get a, a free Plex movie channel. Um, titles aren't new, so there's no, there's you know, and it's it's not they're not saying it is. It's not they're not saying it's like uh, you know this replaces Netflix, Amazon Prime, or you know you know Disney Plus. But there's some good films on there. Apocalypse Now is on there. The Terminator's on there. Um, Bloodsport. You might say that's not bad, but it's so old and bad. It's good. I remember that from going to like a Zad video. And you, you yeah. even Glasgow, you know what a Zad video is. But you went to a Zad video, a global video, and you got out Bloodsport and you watched Bloodsport, and it's like, ah. Oh. But yeah, the, and, and and they've even got some um, uh, music concerts and documentaries, things like that. So they're, they're trying for it. And, and given that it's, you know, it's a service that's just available, is it just to subscribers or can you be just a Plex? Because it says it's bringing it to the Plex app, which will be on Xbox. And I don't think you have to be, do you have to be a subscriber to get the, the Xbox app? Um, I do not know. Is the is the honest answer? Okay. Well, we'll we'll have a little dig around anyway because I know you use Plex quite a lot. Um, but yeah, I thought it, you had to be a subscriber, maybe because I don't know how it all works if you're not paying them. Um, anyway, we'll we'll do some digging around that. But anyway, it's it say the fact that Plex has come along, and I guess they've done it by taking the lowest common denominator sort of old streams that get access you know are available on any well lots of platforms anyway um like old films whatever but nevertheless doesn't say it's not interesting especially as they yeah they've made that decision to go multi-country rather than just take the easy route just going to maybe not because i'm 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 just looking at plex plus it's giving you like advanced audio and premium photos and film and tv extras and you get a discount in title you get some stats so you know there's it's not saying you can record it's not saying you can't download. The Given Plex that it's ad supported, the more people they get to watch it, the better. Plus, yeah. it gets people more interested in their service, their streaming service as well. Uh, sorry, yeah. you know, the local streaming. Okay. Um, Instagram have come forward and said they're going to ask and demand date of birth from new members. It's going to test all of those young people that want to have unfettered access and to get their guest date of birth correct. Um, basically, yeah, they're, they're not actually going to add any verification to that date of birth. But when you sign up for the service, you are now going to be asked for your date of birth. And they said that is to make the content more age appropriate um, so that children aren't advertised to with gambling, say alcohol or whatever. Um, but, yeah, there's no um, actual verification on that. And they've said, you know, when people question on that verification side of things, that there is no solution that works online for that verification. It's an industry problem, not our problem. We are going to ask for a date of birth. It's not going to ask for existing users, though. Um, they've thought that that was a bit too invasive for an existing user, but nevertheless, they, for if you are signing up for a new account, you will now be asked for that date of birth. 
And, and just we talked about TikTok earlier, because I remember, I think it was earlier this year, maybe even last year, they were getting a lot of abuse for, um, you know, you don't ask for dates of birth on TikTok, and, you know, there's content in there that's not, and I'm like, you don't, Instagram's the same, and other things are the same as well, and you also, even if you put your date of birth on, it's not checked. And I did wonder if that was a US versus China, because it was a China. It's very, so yes, I mean, that's one thing to say about TikTok, it's a Chinese firm, it's a Chinese... Yes. And I've seen I've seen more and more people concerned about you know we're giving data away to China by using TikTok. Hey, because Facebook have been really good safe harbour. Exactly. Um, um, but but you nevertheless we will start hearing the media reports because as soon as the uh, the press or the right wing press certainly get hold of the fact that this is going to China, they they'll they'll start all those questions and then they'll get banned and then all the next things and it'll be trade embargoes, all that kind of stuff. That'll be fun, won't it, for the new year? It's full of joy. <laughs> I'm just a bit jaded. Um, the YouTube has decided that it will now ban uh, malicious insults and veiled threats on their video service platform. It all kind of stems from a particular argument and um, disagreement that happens on sort of a couple of YouTube accounts. But it, the long and short of it is that it, it, rather than having to be explicit uh, threats of violence, they will take... Um, implicit or malicious insults and veiled threats as a reason to delete content from YouTube now. So they have extended out their reach of their ability to remove content. Uh, and I think for good for good reason. They have said it's sort of around your, your sort of racial, sexual orientation prejudice, um, but, you know, what you look like. Those kind of things are no, no-go areas for um, explicit as well as uh, veiled threats. Um, yeah, and this is this is think to be clear. This is when you know somebody's done a video in response, or is slating, or or slandering somebody on video. Yeah, so if you upload content which contains that yeah. that type of yeah you know threat, then yeah you, you could expect that video will be removed, uh, and your account will have pe- penalties applied to it. For example, you won't be able to monetize your videos. For example, and, and I do think I mean it's and it's worth calling out. So they had their private their. their Last iteration of the policy, you know, banned videos that contained explicit threats of violence, bullied somebody about their appearance, revealed somebody's personal information, encouraged viewers to harass an individual. And a new pop, but the new policy also bans veiled or implied threats of violence, such as saying you better watch out, simulated yeah. violence towards an individual, malicious insults based on protected attributes such as race, gender expression, sexual orientation. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at some of that and going, you know. They're going to have to take down a lot of popular videos. You know, when yeah, you see I, uh, that like simulated violence towards an individual. Yeah, I think, and I think mm. they've kind of realised that that they they are going to have to take this to the next level to to make these safer places for people and to make, take away the negative press for sure. They've got to take it to another. You know, the policies that are in place currently don't don't go far enough. Uh, you know, from the press's point of view and. Who knows whether that's going to have a backlash from a user's base perspective, um, but I can't say that it's, you know, I, there are some unsavoury things that are around YouTube and people do face harassment in all these platforms. And, and if they're going some way to try and remove that, then, you know, they're, they're, there is obviously a worry that you remove uh, freedom of expression, but I don't think it doesn't sound like the videos that are going up that, uh, that, that are kind of getting caught up in this are, are really anything that you'd call freedom of expression no absolutely not and the exceptions so they they did say there would be some exceptions including insults used in scripted satire stand-up comedy or music and and probably politicians which seem to get around it by saying it's actually 
uh, cajoling to their user base rather than them making an actual threat, which seems like a really backward way of letting them get away with it. But, you know, still, that's what they've come up with. Yes. And just to say, you know, I said that some of the times it'd be a penalized account based on monetary, you know, you can't monetize your videos. Just to show <laughs> what kind of money we're talking about, the BBC have released, um, in fact, Forbes have released the top paid YouTube stars, of which I think I know one on the list. Uh, you knew maybe a couple. Um, um, no, so, so I knew, so PewDiePie on there, and I, everybody knows PewDiePie. Um, and it was dude perfect because their videos are annoyingly pop up. Yeah, and those yeah, basically. So this list starts the top earner, Ryan Kaji, um, is a reviewing site, earns twenty six million dollars, and he's um, eight year old. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was number one last year. So he's yeah, it's, it's not it's, it's not it's, um, so clearly his, his parents are helping along and doing a lot of the work and stuff, but. I mean, that's, they're set for life, you know. So number one, 26 million, uh, and then number 10 on this list, uh, $11.5 million. So it just shows how much money is floating around these these big YouTube accounts. Not all of them are big on subscriber numbers. I'm guessing some have got some uh, tie-in licensing with, with other providers, whatever, but there's still some massive chunks of cash. So you can, that's the top 10, and I'm sure there's a big trail-off, but nevertheless, you know there are big other big stars that they're earning in the millions just yeah, by I mean, ticking along the YouTube I mean, account. So, so it's not small fry, this. When you get your account penalised, it's not small fry. No. I mean, number 10 on here is still pulling $11.5 million. Yeah, it's mad. You know, and it's, mm. um, so UK, Daniel Middleton, Minecraft guy, he's $12 million. Big, get big into money. YouTube. You can see why, you know, people want to get into it and want to put the effort in. So, um, so, so the two things I think jumps out now is you can see why YouTube, I think, Maybe not so much now, but I think three, four years ago, lots of people were like, "That's a real revenue opportunity that you know I can build an audience and you know be a uh, you know a, I don't want to say do nothing. There's a there's a whole there's a whole. I was going to say it's not not easy to do what they not, do. It's not easy, but there's a whole sniffness about that's not a career, and it's like, well, actually, you know, so is it any different to you know what something the telly's doing? It's just they're doing it themselves and building their own audience. And no, yeah, and it, so they have all that freedom. They're not subject to all the regulation. Absolutely. Uh, and ultimately, it seems like so, most of the big YouTube stars are just obnoxious, shouty people who do silly things that are very scripted. But nevertheless, they earn a lot of money from doing it, and I, think, I can be sniffy if I want. Well, and I think I think there's I think there's more to that career than if you look at these kind of Instagram types that are just like you know yeah. I'll. I'll, you know, sit on a beach somewhere and something. Again, that's not it's not easy though. Again, for a perfume. I'm using this perfume. And fair enough, but it's still not easy. To, otherwise, everyone would do it. And the fact Absolutely. that everyone doesn't manage or make it, nope. um, it's yeah. So there you go. Apple um, has uh, agreed. To, uh, sorry, Apple and Spotify podcasts are coming to Echo devices. So um, Spotify's been there for a little bit, but Apple's new agreement means that on your echo devices you would be able to actually get into apple podcasts um and basically it hooks up with all the other services so as in if you're listening on iphone it will it will sync where you're up to whilst listening to echo i think that's quite a good um nice little tie-up uh, yep it just shows you that despite apple size they're a services company and they need their services on all platforms they can't lock it in it's interesting that they have announced it for echo but i 
I don't know whether it's coming to Google or not, but it seems like there's definitely Apple and, and Amazon have been working closer together, uh-huh. certainly, than, than Google seems to be put to one side on that front. Yes. And again, Apple was still, I think the breakdown I saw the other day was still, they're, they're like 60, 70% of the podcast market. You know, although Spotify's growing and Google's got, but they're only like single digits. Yeah. Apple are still the kind of behemoth. Yeah, and still the one place that everyone seems to put their podcasts first. Yeah, it's been interesting because there's been a number this year, and Spotify is investing a significant amount of money where they're, they're, we have exclusives. You know, and it's almost like trying to pull people over to say, you need to fire up Spotify to hear this podcast. And in fact, Which also, is fine, other than people don't do that. So Exactly. <laughs> um, but but then we saw it with like, you know, Mixer and Microsoft buying the Twitch guys. You know, there's, there's so there's a... There's a there's a kind of a gaming podcast that's going to start up again um, in January, and I, I know lots of people have said straight away, not listen to it. I'm not going to fire yeah. up Spotify just for that. I just it's just not part of my practice that I you know everyday practice. Uh, interesting on that mixer front, there's been news this in the uh, sort of going around this week that I think they both. I think certainly um, Shroud, who we talked about coming across to the Mixer, he was the second person that came across from Twitch to Mixer. He only took across 25% of his subscriptions with him. Um, however, I'm guessing still overall, he's that's worthwhile because he gets that chunk of money from Microsoft. But And they also think it's enough people for, to make Microsoft's um, move worthwhile for them. So they probably will continue. But nevertheless, it shows the big drop-off in numbers mm. um, that get taken across. So Twitch is still the powerful as far as numbers. It doesn't take long for that that balance to switch, though. Uh, certainly when you've got 25% of those users have come across and are paying subscribers now on the Microsoft platform. It's, um, it's going to be interesting to see whether there's space for these two platforms. But still, Twitch holds holds reign at the moment. Uh, yeah, I mean they've, they've definitely they were there first. Um, they've, they've but it doesn't the mean they'll market. survive it. Yeah, no, no, it is a very toxic environment, and I think uh, Mixer does sanitise that to some extent, so it's a yes. bit more of a pleasant environment to be in. But Twitch certainly hasn't ever really got that under control. I don't think it has any want to because ultimately it's it's attracted the the, the groups of people. It's, it's oh, sheer numbers wise. I don't know if you. I, I was I was going to add it in. They're getting sued. Okay. Um, and this is um, by I think it's um, so it's Premiership Football, um, mm-hmm. and it's a Russian. Yeah, so they're getting sued for two point one billion pounds. So not a, not an insignificant amount of money, uh, and it's by um, Premier League. But it's because they're not cracking down on um, the live broadcast. So people mm-hmm. are rebroadcasting, you know, football games on Twitch. And they're not shutting so it's down. like the old Justin TV or whatever the, the other services yep. were, you know, that same kind of thing. So even like you know the the um, Anthony Joshua fight was it last week, week before? Just dollar. went out on Twitch. Yeah, it's just a dollar we watch. You mm. didn't even have to try, and it was like, um. So, and I'm just actually seeing that there's an update because this was two days ago, and it's just an update today saying that because um, Russian a Russian watchdog was threatening to block Twitch over the dispute, but that's been removed. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still getting sued in an interesting move which uh, I thought would happen eventually but didn't happen. think would happen this, this soon Apple, Google and Amazon are all teaming up to make sure that they come up with an open source smart home standard um, so instead of there being all these disparate standards which the, uh, initially we thought everyone was going to try and lock themselves into I think they've come to their realisation quicker than they would normally would that actually trying to become the dominant partner is not the way actually having an open standard that everyone can hook into is the way forward of selling products. Um, and yeah, just uh, so 
whoop-de-doo. It, it sounds it's not going to be till um, late 2020 before even the initial drafts are coming out. Um, and that means that really to become a solid standard, we're probably talking 2021 uh, and probably mid to late 2021 at that. So we're talking a long way off because it takes so long to. But usually with these standards, when they are released in that draft format, we do see everything start to accept that as this, you know, you will have products that are releasing late next year, which will be compliant with this new format. It's also something that's likely to be able to be over the air updatable at some point to existing products. Um don't know that for sure but that's just the feeling i get so i I, th- I felt this was a really positive and early move in the right direction whereas we would normally see this trail on for another five years of them fighting each other and, and maybe realizing it's just not worth that battle and and each of them have been fighting each other you know not not i, I wouldn't have said aggressively there's there's nobody i think i've sat there and said you know we've we've got this and and ours is now a you know the dominant position um, but it's interesting that it's not just those three, but you've also got, you know, Samsung Smart Things, you've got Philips Hue Fork, you've got Zigbee Alliance, you know, so... Ultimately, by by having enough of those big names together, this has got a chance of actually being yes. an open standard that sticks. Um, and a good thing for me is it, it should mean that, you know, products that you buy, you can work on any of them. Um, you, they'll work to a standard, they'll be secure. There's so many, you know, home, um, you know, smart home type um, products right now aren't very secure. Or, or not really secure at all. I mean, certainly yeah. the ones that were from two years, three years ago, all those kind of internet-enabled uh, uh, f- cameras and things that you put around your house, they, they weren't secure at all. They just basically allowed anyone to see inside your house by putting them in there. But there you go. If you knew the right Google search. Yeah, exactly. They were cheap. You found lots <laughs> yeah, of... Um... You could literally go and have a look at everyone. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we've... Big news. Um, we had the new xbox console um sneak peeked if you like so they released some teaser trailers on it um this is for next next christmas period um but yeah it's gonna be officially called xbox series uh, 10 or series x but they don't want it called that they want it called xbox uh, yeah so it just came out, it was a bit strange so there was a games whatever the game show it was was the game awards was last week yeah, um, and this just kind of dropped, which which I was quite surprised at that they just dropped. Do you know what it? Do you know what it felt like? You know how in the last few kind of big um, computery type fairs we've had a big announcement, but say Microsoft made a big announcement, but then Sony the day before came out with a, a you know something that kind of tried to trump it, and it's almost felt like again some people would be leaking that Sony were going to say something, so Microsoft felt they needed to get this video out there, mm. something along those lines. It just felt like they dropped this. It didn't seem dropped for any particular reason it's like, um, I, I just it's it's a strange one because the weekend before i think you called it i don't think it was in the podcast i think it was the weekend before and it's just me and you talking it was like you know the guy that runs xbox had said i've got my my um, project scarlet device now at home and i'm using it as my my daily driver you know for for console gaming and it's great and um, so there's clearly that they're, they're dropping these little nuggets out there because usually a console launch is pretty but, but but Sony did it differently this year as well. You know, like it was a Wired article that that that, yes. that there was a set of details. They and... kind of I, I, they all realise how important this console thing mm. is going to be. It might be one of the last generations of big console release. We keep saying that, and they keep holding on. But what really ties to that is the fact that really it, less and less of these things look like consoles. I don't know. We don't know what the PS5 is going to. We've seen renders of what it might look like, but we don't really know what it's going to look like. There was a, well, the X- no, there was a the dev kit. Bizarre thing. Did you yeah. see the dev kit? It's but they based... they don't necessarily have to look like the final thing, but it did no. look bizarre. But the dev kit was based on a big V. 
Yeah. And loads of people were like, I want that. Remember, remember the first Xbox dev kits and it looked yeah, like X? Yeah. They and, were properly X-shaped, yeah, but they <laughs> never did it when it came out, did they? It was like uh, X with curve. There was curvature that, that kind of, yeah. still a, still a, it's still like a, what, a rectangular It was basically a big box. block. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is actually a return pretty much to much more PC form factor again. So from that original Xbox, then they went into the smaller form factors. They gave us the curvy 360. And then now they've gone back to the... just a, It's just a plain box. And, and effectively inside it is just a PC. And it just less and less, especially with all the crossover with all the game ports that, you know, Xbox games will work on PC that's effectively they've tried to consoleize a pc which is effectively make one standard which is going to run games at a reasonable spec and it looks like the spec inside it is powerful um, uh, yeah you know whether it can keep up nowadays i mean pc has just been in that run of it's always ahead of the consoles uh like the xbox probably was the first the original xbox was ahead of pcs when that first got released um but we've never really had it since. Every every other time, PC has just accelerated that, you know, iterative development. And that yeah. was all the idea of this new Xbox was it's going to be much more down that route. And it really just feels like it's just now they're going to produce a standard PC tower that they're going to call the Xbox. And and size-wise, I guess, the, the, the difference for me was instead of that, you know, usual kind of horizontal, you know, box-type shape, this was like three GameCubes put together. So, so if you yes. think of... It was like a GameCube and another GameCube, another GameCube. It's a little tower. Um, yep. It glows green at the top, which I thought, you know, that's nice. <laughs> and yeah, I actually thought that I, I did see a lot of people going, hold on, that's not going to fit in my TV rack because yeah. it's, it's all sized for, you know, yeah. what Blu-ray type devices. I mean, it can lie on its side, and at that point, it's probably it's probably not much taller than the you know the old PlayStation Four, the big. If the, you know the the fat one the bread bin the, yes the, so, yeah, <laughs> exactly that so um it's probably not much taller than that when it's lying down but i think it would be and it's certainly taking up more space yeah. but i guess a cube cubism and that is is it's classic and it you know if they're going to do it anyway they're going to get away with it like that but it ain't no longer a small thing they're aiming for it's just definitely a chunky chunky thing Another little, other couple little bits. So, so redesigned controller, but it's just a, a, a small iteration. It looks the same. The D pad slightly changed, and I've put in a share button. Which, if you've used a PS4, um, you know, controller, the share button's been there, and it just makes sense. And and ultimately, why would they change it? I think they have largely people have agreed that they have built the best controller. I think um, they've just listened to you saying, "Hey, Cortana." <laughs> I'm sick I, of me I, trying to record things. I, 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 <laughs> it's I, I a bit. It was never uh, seamless, was it? <laughs> the, the joy, the, that, that gave me more joy. Every time you said, hey, Cortana, because I knew it, A, it wouldn't be the first time. B, <laughs> you'd have three goes. And then at the end of that, you'd be really frustrated that it's not bloody saved it now. And I've missed, I've, I've died again because yeah. I've been shot to death because I'm trying to make, record. Yeah, they never did sort that out. Voice recording was never a good thing. Share anyway, buttons are the way to go. Share buttons seems to be the, the buttons. Hey, who knew buttons were the way of the future? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay, that is all the content we have for our final podcast of 2019. Um, unless you've got a pick for us. Uh, if you've got Xbox Game Pass, honestly, switch on your Xbox and put on Untitled Goose Game. And there's a couple of other little nuggets that came out. It's a lot pro Evo is there, the latest one. Um, so again, just and Witcher I think comes out this week. So I think it's Witcher Three oh, wow, okay. Wild Hunt. Is it? Wild yeah, Witcher. Hunt? 
Wild Hunt was yeah yeah that's the thing. But uh, Witcher Three, I love that game. Really yeah. So game. so which Witcher Three Wild Hunt I think drops either is it. Um, uh, yeah, so it's dropping before the Witcher Netflix premiere because the Witcher TV series starts yep, this like, Friday on Netflix. Yeah, they're doing. Is it a six-part series or something like that on Witcher Three? Yeah, pretty cool. Um, yeah, so Witcher Three Wild Hunt um, drops tomorrow. There we go, lovely. Uh, and, and if you haven't played it, that's an absolute classic. So I haven't. Get, so get so there. there's there's actually quite a few games there that's like they're there and they're just. Oh, and the, the battle royale mode in Forza Horizon Four has also been released, so you can go yeah. and check that out as well. No, lovely. All right. So you can talk to us while we're not talking to you if you want. If you want. Digitaloutbox.com is our website. Email is info at digitaloutbox.com and Twitter is digitaloutbox. Um I'm on Twitter as Cheesy UK and I better tweet soon to make sure my account doesn't get deleted. Uh Ian, where do we find you? You tweeted your new car. Oh, that's true. Yes, I've got six months before I have to do it. Um, iandick.com. And I'm just loving the kind of the, what Google has put up from Wikipedia of, of a description of Untitled Goose Game. Untitled Go Goose Game is a 2019 puzzle stealth game developed by House House and published by Panic. In the game, players control a goose who bothers the inhabitants of an English village. <laughs> so it sounds enthralling, but the audience rating summary is at 4.9 out of 5. Well, there you go. That's pretty good. It is. There you go. Uh, on the aforementioned car, yeah, academyracer.co.uk should start becoming a bit more alive with content again because I have a new race car. I think I mentioned that before, but there is actually now a picture of it, so you can go take a look. And you have actually driven said race car? I right? have. Not very fast, as it turns out, but I have driven it. Yeah. So next time, hopefully, I'll be a bit faster in it. It still felt fast. It still felt cool. <laughs> Just don't look at the clock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is it. Thank you very much for sticking with us this year. We'll be back in the new year with more. Um, um, we'll speak to you then. Have a good Christmas. Bye. Bye. Basically, you just said there what George Russell should have said at every interview in F1. <laughs> it, it's, it, it still looks cool, just don't look at the clock. <laughs> just don't look at the time. If you drove it, you'd be a blooming amazed by it, but when you compare it to actual fast cars, it's not that great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was all my fault. It was George Russell's at least doing his job. <laughs> I'm equivalent to driving a McLaren and speeding it like a Williams. <laughs> <laughs> it will get better. <laughs>